Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 105. And I realise the second I've said that, I meant to check who the last episode was. I'm in one of those sort of batches where I'm recording a lot, and it's just coming back to one of those batches at the minute. But I think, yeah, the last episode was Johan Humphreys, who is a, a, a poultry farmer in Wales who talks a lot about the challenges with egg prices and the, the reasons that that's for. Supermarkets kind of have been blurring the truth there, so that's quite an interesting one. I can't remember what the next episode is, but the one after that will be with a couple who've travelled to 88 countries between them. That's almost half of the world. I've been to two, and that's including Wales and Ireland. Um, so it's quite an exciting story, that one. I fairly enjoyed it, and it was very much an eye-opening one in that I realised how little I knew about the world, but that was quite fun. Um, today we have, I would say, quite a, a it's famous the word, a well-known name in the Scottish sector, I would say. She's shaking her head behind the camera at the minute, but um, I'm going to introduce you to Annie Bryson. Annie, would you like to say hello? Hi, everyone. Uh, I, I don't know that? if I like the introduction, famous or well-known. It's probably all for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's still famous or well-known, isn't it? Um, just before we get started with another episode of the R2 cast, I would like to thank our primary sponsors, Aplan Rural. Aplan Rural are heavily involved on the social media scene in the ag space with 120,000 followers on Instagram. They use this following to host social media takeovers with farmers throughout the country to showcase their stories. They also post to their rural community blog with further stories about these people in the industry. On top of this, they like to support initiatives that are championing the British agricultural industry, such as myself. So thank you to Aplan Rural for that. <laughs> Annie and I were having a chat off camera just before we started recording. And uh, I was actually 10 minutes late to recording this, which is bad on my part. But in my in my defence, I did kind of almost a little bit set the kitchen on fire. But not too bad, just really bad smoke um, that I don't think had any flames in it. And Annie made a good point. It's a really good selling point for the podcast. We call it the rural to kitchen on fire. But um, <laughs> then proceeded to tell me about the time she put a baked potato in tinfoil in the microwave so we're both not very good at this side of things it must be said um yes uh Ari, could you give us a bit about your background are you from a farm was farming or this sector for you as a youngster yeah so i grew up on a dairy farm in the heart of lanarkshire um growing up my dad was milking about 120 130 cows um holstein cows and we're now milking about 200 um, we milk them, or should I say, he milks them three times a day. <laughs> um, my brother will kill me if I claim to be milking cows. <laughs> um, so yeah, my brother is here sort of part-time alongside being at Barony with two boys that help us. And me and my sisters do bits and bobs when we're home. Um, that was what kind of got me interested in the industry. We grew up feeding calves, mucking out calves. Um, showing calves used to go to all the local shows and even some of the bigger shows the All Britain Calf Show and um, yeah lamb and sheep I suppose we had a week and a hobby of of sheep as well and that's what got me into um, into the industry really I originally wanted to be a vet like many young girls and boys that dream did not come true because I didn't stick in at school um, but I think I've actually ended up in a better position I love what I'm doing now um, and I'm still working with farmers and very much at the, I don't know what the word is for being. Cold face, is that what you're looking for? Yeah, working in the cold face, yeah, of the industry, yeah. like working with people and being out on farm and being <clears throat> quite proactive in terms of 
feed and nutrition is now the, the kind of sector that I've fallen into. I'm actually quite proud of myself, to be honest. A bit rude to hear your story and then say I'm proud of myself. But, <laughs> yeah, I am not good at sayings and I never pick up what sayings mean. And people talk about throwing stones in glass houses. I'm like, that's just silly. I don't understand what this means. Like, But the coal face was one I learned about a few weeks ago. So, Dad, if you're listening, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> You'll be proud uh, of you to remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've raised a good son. 26-year-old <laughs> understands a saying. Um, that's quite embarrassing. But... Uh, Tell us about the Old Britain Calf Show. That sounds fun. <clears throat> oh, well, to be honest, eh, that was probably more my sisters that did better at that than me. But um, I did get down one year. Um, so basically, there's a qualifier in, in Scotland. We're part of the Lanarkshire Holstein Club. Um, first and foremost, always have been. And Dad was, I think, chairman at one point. Um, but that those calf shows happen once a year in August. And yeah the turnout it's actually getting better sported now from when I was younger I maybe didn't have a lot of competition <laughs> which is why I made it down one year um but Zoe especially was very very good and uh, she made it down doing showmanship um and then there's also a calf section um for judging the calves but you qualify at the Scottish calf show September time and then I think the all Britain one's like October it's down Telford sort of way um it's a big two-day sort of event um and everyone travels from all over the country from Ireland all Wales all of England and you're actually in teams so there's different competitions um throughout the whole weekend basically um and then a big ceremony on Sunday so um I would say Zoe and my brother now is sort of involved with that they've learned a lot about showing about genetics about turning cattle out um clipping them washing them doing top lines it's not something I really delved into hugely, um, but I was brought up competing at least, um, taking part, as my dad would say, <laughs> it's the taking part that counts. So we did, we did do a lot of that as a family when we were younger. I feel like you put yourself down a lot. He's taking part, but you've made it to the final down there. Yeah, but I just know, Wallace, my family are going to listen to this. And if I if I don't tell the truth, <laughs> they're going to call me out on it. So I might as well be honest that she, Zoe did beat me at, at everything that we did with cab shows <laughs> <laughs> I mean if, if Zoe's nearby bring her in maybe she's <laughs> unfortunately she's in New Zealand um, now so <laughs> but yeah a tricky one uh, yeah no that's <laughs> good just imagine the family sitting around the TV get the notes out right Annie that was wrong uh, that was not true <laughs> I know oh, and they definitely would um, you'd have a complaint uh Less coming in about all the, the, the rubbish that I've told you. The R2 cast for false propaganda. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when when did the vet dream start? It's, you know, I've, I've 105 episodes, obviously. There must have been 15 folk that have said this, 15, 20 folk that are like, wanted to do it, either didn't stick in at school, just didn't manage, or got to stage, I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Did that start at a really young age? Yeah, I would say um, growing up, I guess the vets, and no disrespect to any vets out there, because one of my best friends is also a vet, um, they're kind of heroic when you're young, because I think they just come and they get stuck in and you admire what they're doing and they they turn up and everything's going wrong. And then when they leave, it's sort of everyone's a bit more positive. And yeah, from, from literally as much as I could walk, I love being outside and the vets are always... This isn't a good advert for dad, maybe, but like, well, they were there or thereabouts. You know, you always seen vets coming on farm. <laughs> I promise he has a good farmer. Um, 
So I don't know. I just liked what they were doing. And actually, I'm a wee bit squeamish, but I never seemed to be squeamish when it was like jagging a cow or cutting a cow open. It was only like human blood I couldn't really stand. So I was always quite interested in that. Always liked watching the very rare, I'll put out there, uh, post-mortem that we had to do. (laughs) Um, I don't know. So yeah, definitely from being really young, I wanted to be a vet. Um, Thought it was going to be all fun and games and always exciting and stuff like that. Now, probably speaking to my friends that are vets or the vets that come about the farm, it's not all... um, as positive as that experience but yeah I always wanted to be a vet until I realized I hated chemistry and biology and they hated me just as much so we couldn't get past the exams (laughs) and it it came to an end basically (laughs) I was speaking about chemistry today I was teaching a a ag tech class so they're like these like engineers whatever and I'm like Jesus they talked about chemistry and I was like a can barely spell it like yeah <laughs> just did way too much for me um, my my poor parents they actually paid for me to have a chemistry tutor as well because I was so determined I did well half determined I wanted to be a vet and um even that I did get a C at higher but I dread to think the amount of money they paid that man to sit with me to try and get it into my head and it still was not enough it just I just don't think it was meant to be <laughs> a C at higher is better than I don't actually know what age you are, so did you do standard grades or did you do nationals? Yeah, I did standard grades, yeah. Yeah, so um, I got, what was it? It was foundation something in credit. What was general, the general. Was general, it. that's it, yeah, yeah. So I got a foundation five uh, <laughs> in chemistry. And they were like, yeah, there's no point. Like, <laughs> just give up. I did do, I did get a, it was either a one or a two. Like, I was allowed to take it as a higher, but... um. Yeah, I, don't think that, I, I probably was advised not to, but at that point I thought I will work hard. And as the year went on, it kind of wore me down a bit. So it was just to get a pass in the end up. I'd talked myself yeah. out of veterinary before the end of fifth year. It's probably good that you sort of came to that. It's not like last minute you're like doing the final exams and you're already, and then you're thinking, oh, maybe that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be tough. But no, I came I came to the conclusion and then I did leave school after fifth year and that yeah. was basically moved on. It's, are you holding one of those pens that you push the wee pencil things in? No? I'm actually holding a bit of Lego. That I just <laughs> found. Uh, I'm just oh, this has been brilliant. <laughs> you should meet my little crocodile that holds the charger in place when it falls out the phone. Oh, brilliant. That, well, um, I was thinking, I'm actually at the farmhouse just now. Um, because my sister's going back to Spain tomorrow, so mum was making us all dinner, so I'm kind of not in my usual setting for doing Zoom, so I'm just playing with whatever is, like, close to hand. I, I kind of feel like we shouldn't have done this tonight if your sister's leaving. No, 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 it's absolutely like, no, 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 she's not bothered at all. <laughs> okay, grads, right, okay. Um, uh, what was I going to say before I realised? Oh, that's my mum phoning. Um, go away, mother. Uh, the... The, the, see, you said like you're squeamish, but not with the animal side. Yeah. Oh my god, I am the weakest stomach person on this planet in general. Like across animals the board. Too. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know if um, when you were at uni, you did the sort of trip to an abattoir, that sort of thing. But I did that, and I fainted. <laughs> so I've now got to take students. Um, oh, I have to arrange other people to take them for me because I can't do it. I'm so soft with it. And like at lambing time, I didn't faint this year, but I think it's the first year in like five years I've not fainted at one point during lambing time. 
I saw a C-section once and I had to sit down for about a week. Like, I'm just, I'm very soft. So uh, fair play well, to you. For it's me. funny that actually, because when I went, um, it was the CT scanner at Edinburgh. Yeah. We went down, we didn't get to an abattoir or maybe I just missed that. I don't know. And um, we went to the CT scanner and the same thing happened. I fainted in there, but... I don't know. I don't think I was that well. I don't, I don't know that it was a squeamish thing because they weren't even cutting this open or anything. I was just like on the floor. <laughs> it was warm. That's my, <clears throat> my excuse. It was just really hot in there and we were all kind of crowded around this scanner and yeah, kind of embarrassing. <laughs> well, I tell everyone it was a Thursday morning because a Wednesday was our sort of night. Night but... out. It was not a Thursday morning. This <laughs> 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 <just> a week. <laughs> um, <laughs> The women in reception like laughed at me. I'm like, I'm sorry, Les, leave me alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was an embarrassing moment. But um, yeah. yeah, we mentioned we mentioned uni there. Tell us about uni. <clears throat> so when I decided veterinary wasn't for me, I took a year out, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I knew it was still going to involve agriculture. Um, in particular, dairy farming was where my, my interest really lay. So I looked at other courses and um, SRUC sort of jumped out and I went to Edinburgh to study animal science. Um, I did look at some courses down south, but I kind of wanted to be far enough away from home, but still close that I could come back at weekends, half involved with young farmers and like the dogs and stuff. You know, I just didn't want to be like million miles away. So I went to Edinburgh and did animal science. Um, and if I'm being totally honest, for the first year, I thought I'd made a massive mistake because it mostly involved chemistry and biology. <laughs> I'm not making it up. Honestly, I was like, what the hell? This is meant to be animal science. And there was loads of sci like actual science. I don't know why that never resonated with me. It was all like related to animals. Of course it was like it was all but it was a lot of lab work and I just thought mm, I was more wanting out on field stuff. Um, but I stuck with it. Um, the actual background to what we were doing was very interesting. It was just the chemistry bit that kind of blew my, <laughs> blew my head off. So, But anyway, and then I ended up doing four years in applied animal science um, and graduated with an honours degree. It's not like they can uh, be done for false advertising. I mean, it was no. called science. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't really know what I was thinking, like science. And I'm like, why am I wearing a lab coat? I, like, I mean, I don't know. But I did enjoy the background to it all. Um, there was always logic behind what we were doing. I just, uh, chemistry just was never my thing. And it just seems to haunt me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so you did did an honours. What was your dissertation in? Can you remember? I did my dissertation down <laughs> at Crichton, um, right. and I did it on two different dairy cow diets. So at the time they were actually doing a trial anyway, and I maybe did cheat a wee bit and piggybacked onto it and pinched some right. of their data. <laughs> they were doing one group, which was a homegrown diet. So they'd grown rape, they'd grown, well, obviously their silage, whole crop, etc., their own cereals, and everything in that diet was homegrown. And then they were doing another diet, which was all minus the forage, bought in. So bought right. in cereals and stuff. <clears throat> and they were just looking at, well, what I was looking, they were looking at a multitude of things that I can't really remember. But what I was looking at was the effect that that had on um, butter fats, proteins, um, milk yield, fertility, just like a bit of everything. The sort of fairly basic data that I could collect is what I looked at. Um, Wait, when did you go to uni? How long ago was that? Oh, did I? I think I graduated in 20, 
2018. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because I think I think we were the same year, but different campuses and different courses. Yeah, yeah we we started ten years ago next year. Right? Oh my god! Yeah, I've already done it. I wish hadn't told me that. Yeah, I know. Like, I was the only reason that I've this is a bit of a random one, but I've been asked to host the graduation this year, right? Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, it's kind of mad. I'm like, did you make a mistake? <laughs> did you write the wrong name? Uh, but uh, I was looking up just for some stuff to write about, and I was like, oh, it must be like six years, nine years ago. Uh, when did that That's happen? crazy since we started. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel like that at all. I'm still, when I was at Edinburgh, there was this. It's not an affiliated society, but the Edinburgh Agrix, which most people might have heard of. Um, yeah. And I'm still in their Facebook page like group. <laughs> and I keep saying to people, I'm like, I should leave because I don't know these people anymore. Yeah. I don't know these kids that are running around having like their lads, dads and granddads pub crawls and stuff. But I can't bring myself to do it. Like I like just like prees at Chalmers Street I'm like oh, I'm kind of tempted. Like should I just go through for a night? I just can't bring myself to come out of there. And actually there's Thousands and thousands of people are still in that group chat that are like, I don't know what age they'll be, the oldest person, but we're all still in it. It's like a big community that nobody ever, we're always going to be Edinburgh Agrix, basically. Yeah. I would just like to quickly interrupt the show for a minute to give you some extra information on our primary sponsors, Aplan Rural. Aplan offer bespoke cover for farms and estates, the UK over, and will give you tailored insurance for anything on the farm from your old workhorse tractor that's been around 20 years or a fancy new and exciting diversification you should proper arrange like a big thing of like all the, the older ones to come in and like say we paved the way for you a lot so you could i know out. well like, um newcastle agrix they do like a ball i think it's maybe every five years or something and they right. get everybody back but i don't think edinburgh's really ever done anything like that but it would be that quite would be cool class. like anyone that's been like part of it at some stage you can get a table basically and all come back and you get all your grips and stuff but I don't know that could grow arms and legs and then before you know it you've a thousand people rocking up here you've said it now maybe there's someone that's a chair of of the Edinburgh Agric Society listening to this Annie and they're going to kick it off um, yeah I would love that I don't want to be the person that organizes it but I'll turn up on the night <laughs> it's funny I mean we had the same thing in air but air's dead now it's gone so um yeah like I mean, which is mad. I mean, you think about Ockham Crove and, uh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It was really, how many were in your year? Error, good question. Um, 16, I think, at the start. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, for, for reference, the HNC group I have this year are 28. Wow. Um, yeah, and we are getting more applications. We're just, because it's a new course, we're like, can we just wait a wee minute? Yeah. <laughs> we get this right. Um. Yeah, we actually, funnily, speaking about your brother, he's obviously on it. And uh, we, we went to a strawberry farm recently. Oh, he told me about this. I think I think I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> and and uh, Robert was like, yes, go have a strawberry or two. And Mark just disappeared to the other end of the polytunnel and came back with like red hands. <laughs> he said, he said he was like walking as slow as possible because he could just grab as many like strawberries up and down <laughs> these uh these lines or whatever you call them and he was just firing them his cheeks must have been bulging <laughs> yeah yeah he was like a squirrel uh, <laughs> he did think it was, it was a great i don't know if he learned much but he said that was a great visit today we were at a strawberry farm <laughs> i'm surprised he wasn't ill for the next two days I, I can't imagine that being good for you but <laughs> no, they were bloody nice if you'd one or two, but I think after 48, it was a bit too much. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, it, it was a good trip. It was a good trip. Um, <laughs> uh, you said, what, yeah, you said said about young farmers when you were at uni. Um, what young farmers are you involved in? So I was involved with the Evendale Young Farmers. Um, I did a bit when I was at uni, um, the concert and things. Um, I actually was, I became secretary of the club the COVID year, which just sums up oh. my luck in general that I kind of ended up with that year. But yeah, I've sort of always been involved. Um, I never went above club level, but I have done most things like stock judging, handicrafts, sports, the concert. I've always enjoyed. This was my first year. Well, no, that's a lie. I, there was a couple of years I took years out of the concert. And then this was like my year that I decided I'm done, you know, like this is it. And it was kind of bittersweet actually going and watching them and not like knowing I'm 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 not gonna do that again, kind of thing. Um but yeah, so even to the young farmers, and that's where I've met the majority of my friends round about here. And yeah. It's, a good group. Yeah, it is good. I mean, like I, I I've said a few times, like I what day is it? Uh tomorrow I'll have been in young farmers a year. Like, wow. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only joined at 25. I did. Late. I did. Yeah, very late. <laughs> like, late starter, yeah. <laughs> just over the last few minutes, they were able to get me in, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did it at, at Aaron. Uh, we started at Young Farmers in 2015. And I was chair, vice, uh, not, not chair, chair, secretary and treasurer, doing all the stuff until it sort of eventually fell apart. But apart from that, I really haven't done it at all. And I joined yeah. last year and like concert was the best time of my life like yeah yeah it's just so fun like just being a complete fool of myself which is what I do all the time anyway and then just getting to do it with more people was great crack but now yeah, I'm doing... with an audience as well and yeah, yeah the whole club comes together it doesn't matter if you're 26 or if you're 17 if it's your first concert or your last concert it just yeah. just loves it it's just a right carry on it was amazing that the guy who was chair at the time he's actually my new co-host on the second series of the podcast um always tells me it was like I just remember you walking up to like the uh, to like the changing room to do a quick change of like grabbing them and saying I'm lower now until I die and I'm like I've never had this passion <laughs> like where did this come from well um, what I love about it and Mark won't thank me for saying this but um, the boys that just get right into it and like they're wearing dresses they're learning yeah. the dance moves they're wanting to be at the front row and like you just see a totally different side to to not just boys actually girls as well that you think are quiet and then all of a sudden they can tap dance and they can do this that, and the next thing you think wow like where did this come from as soon as they're off the stage never mentioned again won't even like discuss what has just happened but it's so brilliant you see you see different sides to everybody uh yeah absolutely true and i think it's, it's a funny story i've told this a few times um i am definitely the person that just jumps into it like i mean i'm like that out with concert but uh, i just want to make a fool of myself and have a good time so we, we were in the last few I would say our concert was on the 13th of January, I think. And this was one of the between Christmas and New Year concert, eh, practices. Like we were, we should have been ahead of where we were. And then <laughs> our now secretary, Joanne, came in and said, you've got to be more like Wallace. And I'm like, oh, and I'm sitting there listening to this thinking I'm doing well. And she's like, he's a terrible dancer, but he's having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And is that not so true? When you go to a concert and you see somebody that, cannot dance like it's so out of time it's going left when everyone else is going right that's who you watch and you can tell that they're loving it and it makes yeah. like everybody loves it and yeah you're laughing at them but you know it's all in good humor because it, it, it's brilliant that's what makes yeah. a young farmers concert it's not professional and it you've just got to go out there and and love it 
Oh, absolutely. The mistakes, the mistakes are always, well, sometimes the funniest bit of the whole concert. Yeah. Like the bits that actually go wrong. I, I don't know if you know this, but I dislocated my shoulder doing talent spot. Doing talent spot this year? <laughs> yeah, live, like when it was happening. Was the, that the D&D one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, oh. not the, 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 were you at the, the Glasgow one? I didn't like the, actually go no. there. No. Well, I was only singing because I was like, our last song was like that and I was like this. Oh, no. Yeah, I dislocated it. We did, and it wasn't even on talent spot. It was like, Wallace, we need a three minute for, front of curtain. Like, can the three used to do one of the things you did in concert? And we're like, yeah, yeah, sound. Uh, so we did that and I basically just, um, actually, you said Avondale. I think you guys did the same. I know you weren't in it, but I think, is it James Hamilton? Is yeah. That, he did, it's like the, the doctor scene and he keeps oh, picking yeah. up things. So I did that and like when I faint, like I properly faint, but I, I get caught in the chair and just landed right on my shoulder and you see it like go behind me. <laughs> I've got it on video, like it's amazing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, long story short, I went to doctors three times the next two weeks and they all said it was fine, but it was consistently dislocated until someone popped it in. So yeah, I wasn't able to do it. So that was my talent spot story from this year oh my um, god <laughs> it's quite that's fun. hilarious yeah well i'm glad i didn't go to lorna steel's talent spot or dg's talent spot because seeing i'm squeamish that might attack people <laughs> over the edge it was it was so dramatic because it was like the second last thing no the third last thing and i was sitting there like oh trips i've done something to my shoulder i've got to go to hospital i've got to go to hospital and one of them alien was like right we'll get you to hospital we'll get to hospital and i was in hospital and then um, say hospital more walls and uh the message is saying the results are happening in 10 minutes. And I was like, right, screw this, taxi. We got back for the Stay results. Back. We had one, and I was in this slide, and I was like jumping, like hugging everyone. Like, no, avoid me. Avoid, avoid. <laughs> I know it's to protect yourself. Oh, that's such a shame. But yeah, it was a good story. <laughs> Your first you experience mentioned... of talent spot has been memorable anyway. That's <laughs> that, that's that. <laughs> um, you said about stock judging. Do you, did you do quite a, bit of it, quite a bit of that? Done bits and bobs, yeah. yeah. Um, more so like local local stock judgings, but I have been in the teams for the Highland Show a um, couple of times. Um, again, <laughs> Zoe and Mark have both bet me at every stock judging, so I had to retire from that also. Um, but yeah, done like did do all the training for for a number of years and learned to give reasons. Um, Zoe went on and won the stocksmanship at the Highland Show one year, and that. Well, no, I, did, I think I did it another year after that, but um, it's a huge commitment. Um, yeah. I, did, I definitely did learn a lot, but <laughs> maybe I'm a quitter because I realised I was never going to win it, so I just gave <laughs> <laughs> But I enjoy the local ones, like, um, and yeah. we've hosted a couple on the farm, and um, yeah, they're 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 good. Mark's busy trying to do it this year as well; like, he's right keen. Um, but there's like late nights and sorry. No, just saying he does a lot of it. Yeah, he does. He's he's really great. <clears throat> at it. Um, he was away on a day away down to free somewhere a week ago or something. But yeah, there's every night, eh, every week. Sorry, there's a night to go all over the country and learn. Now I'm glad I did do that. Um, that was one of my highlights, probably. And young farmers is just learning. And again, it's sociable, good group of people that you go out with, and you kind of get to know them over the couple of months. He's stand outside getting freezing yeah. and right, it's good it's good no I, I do like stock judging I think I'll stick to the local ones from now though it's quite funny I mean I've I've almost got a name for how bad I am at it like I'm <laughs> terrible like it's, it's impressive how low I can consistently be right and then there was this one last year and I was with Perry and um it was a mainly sheep based one 
and uh, he's he's a shepherd and he likes to tell you how much he knows Perry if you're listening you know it's true and uh, I got third right <laughs> you think it placed but when they said uh, third Wallace Curry there was genuinely like a collective laugh and laugh oh, like, no he hasn't <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good sign for your judge then at all I know exactly that's it oh. um so I've been to a couple with friends that I've taken that know nothing about cows or sheep and they're like, what is this we're going to? This is the strangest thing ever. You judge them and someone else judges them and then you compare notes or something like what's <laughs> going on here. Um, but then sometimes they beat you and you're like, yeah. come on, do, do I overthink this. When Mark was really young and we used to go as a family to a lot of stock judgments, Mark used to, we well, had two methods. He either wrote them down in the order they came in or... Okay. He, he literally did pick his favourite, the fav- his favourite colours, the, fa- the favourite cow, whatever, um, favourite patterns, let's say. And he used to do pretty well. Like, this is as a toddler, this is as a tot when he was just given a card, he could scribble whatever he liked on. And he used to get really good scores. Um, and then there was me trying to think of all the fancy terminology that Dad's speaking about and really, uh, and I just got myself all confused and all confuddled and didn't know what I was looking at. There is a hint of luck to it, though, isn't there? Definitely. One, every judge has got a different opinion. And two, it's only four. Yeah. You know, if it was like 15, yeah, it might be a different story. But um, you've only got A, B, X and Y there. Like, if it... Yeah. <laughs> and the stock judge in practices, all stock judges will know this, but um, if you're in doubt and you really don't know what you're going to do, you do Baxi, B-A-X-Y. That's what everyone just does if they just are completely lost, Baxi. <laughs> um, you knew it would be that. a bad class if everyone's just going, Baxi, Baxi, <laughs> shaking their heads like, don't know what to do here. <laughs> but like you say, you, you've like it is a lot of luck, so sometimes that could be right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, they are good crack, because they do get everyone together and they get a competition over nothing. Like, it's good crack. I know, but also it's <laughs> such a good day at Highland Show to be involved in that competition. It does start early, but like there's huge morale there. The the presentation on the Saturday, like everybody going back and their white coats ready to go and support the winners. It's like a huge hype for it and it does get really well supported, which is, is good fun. The young farmer stuff at the Highland Show has kind of blown me away. I was always aware of it, but now like, well, I don't know if you know this, but I'm national vice chair of comms and marketing. So like You've like you've like only joined a year and you've rocketed like right up the top of the ladder. Yeah, and I don't really like talking about it because I'm scared people have been like tried for a while are like, where's this dick? Where's from? this guy coming in and getting right to the exactly. top? <laughs> but obviously because of that, I've seen like what's happening at the Highland Show and stuff, and I'm like, yeah. this is insane. Why didn't I do this? And no, uh, do this before. But uh, yeah, here it's still still good things coming at this point. But um, you've done quite a bit of travelling, from what I understand, Annie. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, of course. Um, I've done bits and bobs. I wouldn't say I've done. I've not done enough. Say that I'm going to say that because yeah. I've got still got a long list of places I want to go. But the first place I sort of properly travelled to was America, and I did that instead of graduating. Actually, um, after fourth year, I think. Yeah, straight after fourth year, literally had a May ball in the May. And then I went away for three months um, and I did a mixture of visiting some farms and some companies, some nutritional like supplement companies really um that I've got in touch with through my dad and through other companies that were here that had contacts out there and so I visited a few farms and did a lot of traveling um about was there for three months and traveled right up the center um 
couple of dairy farms and a beef farm just to sort of get an idea of scale yeah. it was really the first time I had properly traveled I'd been about Europe a bit but that was like my first experience and you know we own my own staying in hostels or motels or you know just having to find my way about like public transport and all that so it was it was really really good um and so the biggest dairy farm I saw had 30,000 cows wow which yeah it was a wow moment um, biggest one in the world is 110 is it not so it's like a third of the biggest in the yeah. world well, well yeah it was huge. probably bigger then at that point as well probably yeah well yeah. did I say 2018 was the year yeah yeah I'm I a 22nd I... birthday so for yeah five years ago yeah it will be 2018 I was there so um that was in Madison and it was yeah. really really quite something actually um it was all Mexican labor the two parlors going 23 hours a day basically and those Mexicans just worked like eight yeah. hour shifts milking cows I generally didn't think it worse <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm the same um yeah they seem to get staff fine out there and those Mexicans well they didn't speak much English so we thought they were yeah. happy you know well it's here yeah and I think the thing is like a lot of these sort of harvest-ish jobs there's good money in it if you're willing to work you know yeah. and, uh, definitely no always, they would all be making a decent a mm, decent wage I would think it's always that 23 hours isn't it one hour to wash yeah uh, never heard of a 24 hour parlour yet always no close. I know oh there'll be one sometime I'm sure someday I'll yeah. try it but no it was really really good um, and I went round with another girl who was a foot trimmer right. um, and she was also selling sort of supplements and different products for for measuring lameness and stuff like that and yeah it was really that was a really really good trip and my first experience and then that sort of encouraged me to go out to New Zealand and Australia so I spent two months in Australia wasn't long enough should have done what Zoe done and still be out there now maybe yeah. <laughs> um but I did two months and again it was a mixture of traveling and visiting some farms um visited four dairy farms and a place that was reading like a, a Hereford stud um, oh, farm. So, um, and I stayed with them. Everyone in New Zealand was so welcoming. And as soon as I sort of mentioned that I knew maybe someday or I'd been put in touch, like they were like, oh, come stay for as long as you like. You can work, you can just dump your stuff here and go away, do whatever. So I did that for two months and then I went over to Australia. But I only did the east coast of Australia for three and a bit weeks, just traveling yeah yeah i need to go back out sorry was this 2019 now or was this it would be 2019 yeah so that was the following year um it's quite funny because zoe and i spoke about going together and then it never really worked out i went away out in uh, july come back in october and so you know, yeah. only back, like I was only back maybe a week. We actually went over to Spain to see my other sister. Um, and then Zoe could, we both came back and she went and she's been out there ever since. So Oh right, she's not never been back since then. She's never come back, no, three and a half wow. years she's been over. Well, she has. She came back last year for a month um to basically tell us all that she was gonna give it a go out there, basically. So Brilliant. and that's um, the plan to live there for her, yeah, is it? Yep. Um she's got into an opportunity to share milk so she's in a farm in the north island is share milking with her partner and then her partner's parents have a farm that zoe sort of is too icy i suppose and she milks right. there and she does 
bits for them as well. So my mum and dad are just back, actually. They went out for the full of April this year. That's the first time they'd ever been and went to see her. That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. I'm dead pleased because, um, I don't know, I just kind of thought they would never really want to go away for that length of time. Like a month leaving a dairy farm is quite daunting and dad was quite panicky and, you know, just getting things organised before he left. But the place is still stand in Touchwood and um, I think they would they would go again. They had a great trip. Yeah. Um, nice, nice to see where Zoe is, the people she's with, meet our partner Connor's family, all Zoe's new friends and just, I don't think they did anything really special but it was yeah. just like spending time together so it's nice to get that sort of like she's in a good place and like yeah. actually what's the case and not just to it so yeah no definitely. i think my mom definitely found a lot of comfort in that like now knowing that's always really happy and she's with good people and she's got a really good opportunity it seems it's not easy to do what she's doing or or get to where she wants to be but if you work hard you can get a chance to start a dairy out there and it's just not possible in this country there's a Another couple that have done that. Is it Liz and someone Ramsey? Oh, um, Lynn. Um, is, it, is it Gregor and Lynn Ramsey? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've done, I think. Yeah. yeah I um, keep meaning to get them on the podcast, actually. Yeah. The, the, the chap that Zoe went out here and worked with, I actually stayed with him and he was kind of keen from, he was like, oh, just stay, stay, you can do our cabin, blah, blah, blah. I'd already decided I was coming back to work. Um, I'd lined up my job with Roadhead Farm Feeds at that point. So um, that was fine. I said, Zoe, there's Tom's details. Go and contact him if you're looking for a job. And she did. And he was actually Irish. At that point, he'd been out there 12 years. So now 16, nearly 16 years. He owns his farm, owns 500 cows, I think. Zoe is going to correct me on all this. But um, his father still has a dairy farm in Ireland. And when I was there, his father had phoned him and said, look, Tom, what are you thinking? This farm's yours if you want it. Are you coming back? And Tom said, no, sell sell the place. I've done it all here. I've got a better work-life ethic. I'm making more money. I've got more time to spend with my family. I don't need I don't need the farm in Ireland. I'm not coming back. He said he told me I've watched my dad live in a cuddle for yeah. forever. Like just always got stuff to do and the amount of sheds and bed and mucking out and wintertime was just a nightmare. And Tom said, That's not my kind of farming. I don't want to do that. So and, and I think that's a good thing that like Tom said that because there's this sort of idea that agriculture sells the career on the the idea of it's a lifestyle but people are like people forget like it's also a business and it's also yeah. got to be not a thing that means you can't see your kids that can't see your your partner like yeah. this which it has become in some places and i know like working isn't your lifestyle and it shouldn't be yeah. your lifestyle to just be working all the time i know a lot of people enjoy it and that's great like we all love it but you've got to find that balance and for him he just said, "What? What is that?" Even though I think his dad was in like a fairly big farm, two hundred fifty cows yeah. or something. Like he just said, "It's a big setup, but it's not. It's not for me." Um, and he'd met somebody out there, and he thought, "No." And and also the fact in twelve years, I think at that point he had maybe 300, 400 cows of her own, yeah. of his own. I mean, what? It, that's just you can't do that here. You can't it's own all that. Just about impossible. Mm-hmm. It's close to impossible, and that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. And, and as we learned a lot from him, um, and then she got this share opportunity, share farming opportunity with another uh, lady who's also Scottish actually, and she went out there and did it the same way, and has now given Zoe the opportunity to sort of start doing that as well. So 
It's brilliant. Yeah. So I don't know where I, I went wrong actually, Wallace, because I bought a house in Stonehouse after COVID, and one sister lives in Spain and one sister lives in New Zealand. And I'm 10 minutes away. <laughs> but I mean, for what it's worth, I bought a flat that's maybe the size of the average post box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, I was showing someone the flat for the first time last week. And I was like, there's a vantage point you can see everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. In the middle of the hallway, you can see the back of the kitchen, the back of the bathroom, the back of the bedroom. Uh, and that is it. <laughs> yeah. Living room as well. But um, yeah, maybe I should have went to New Zealand. Uh, there's been a general theme throughout of interest in nutrition uh, and as you've been representing with the, the top on the whole time, uh, Roadhead Farm Feeds, which is uh, the place you've ended up and something yeah. that you've obviously were interested in before. Um, how did that come about first and, and what's the job there? <clears throat> how did it come about? Um, I was back from New Zealand. Uh, no, it was before New Zealand actually, Jeff Hewitt was advertising and so I phoned him up and we had a chat. But I said I was definitely still going to New Zealand and Australia. I wouldn't be able to start to the October, which for the nutrition sort of sector, it's quite a good time to start because it's like into winter diets and winter rations. At the same time, quite a busy time to start. It sort of was like diving in at the deep end. I didn't get a few months to meet customers. It was like straight in. Um, but yeah, just um, we sort of decided whilst I was away, I think there was a few emails and phone calls back and forward and we decided I was coming back I was going then going to Spain and then I just kind of got started with Jeff and I think we both really gelled because for anyone who doesn't know like he is milking a thousand cows there and as a dairy farmer first and foremost before he's a like feed merchant if you get me so his passion is milk and dairy cows and cow performance um calf performance you know is a great one for like attention to detail and then the feed business sort of was built on the back of that because he just couldn't find a supplier of good enough quality essentially so we started doing it himself um very small scale with a, a mixer wagon to start off with and it grew arms and legs and he started making feed for neighbors and friends and now we cover from Brecon to Penrith um with wow I didn't realize that yeah that's the sort of scope and then right across to both coasts east and west um so yeah and six arctic lorries and well, i started in 2003 so that's <clears> like 20 years he sort of built up um a big automatic feed mill um and is again the sort of models that he started with are still the same there's no rubbish there's no palm kernel no wheat feed no like nothing that he what he was struggling to find like he, he just won't put those raw materials through the mill so it gives me great comfort um i guess because everything that goes through the mill he's tried and tested it every formulation has been like the calf crunch for example it was formulated because he was experiment trying to find the best calf blend he could and now we've, we sell that formulation and it's the same for all the cow all the young stock blends dry cows he's tweaked it and tested it and had all the mistakes on his farm so that now it's it's you know there's confidence in, in everything that I sell basically that it's doing such a good job for him and it is for everyone else. I don't know if that's a complete USP and that no one else does it but I can't imagine there's many feed companies out there that are based on a farm that have that incentive of doing well as well not just trying to do well for other people but also like if I'm bad at this my own business is failing. Yeah <clears throat> I don't know I can't think of any 
in Scotland, really, unless there will be some smaller ones that probably yeah. sell. But I think on the scale that we are, <clears throat> uh, we will be probably the biggest. There is definitely one in Ireland um, that I can think of that's the same sort of setup. It was a dairy farmer that sort of started that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it is a bit of a USP, to be honest, because like it is all tried and tested. And I mean, Jeff will invite anybody at any time to come and see the work on the farm. Like if we have total confidence in what we're selling, and if it's not working somewhere else, then why? Like we need to get to the bottom of it because it is working for Jeff and it wouldn't be sold otherwise. And it's now working for, for me here because obviously my dad had to buy from Rotet Farm Feeds, but I've got like I've learned it all through feeding calves here as well, milk powder and calf crunch, etc. And I don't know, it's uh yeah, it's nice to have total faith. I, yeah, I, I, I like that full process that you're seeing the end product with yourself with at Roadhead as well um when, I think you... videos and, and so does Jeff I mean uh, our whatsapp chat's pathetic it's just videos of calves back and forward and what yours look like and what your what are your calves weighing at and blah 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 and it's but it's more chat about that than I don't know like you know we're just it's performance driven really like you know we're just wanting to see how much better can we get them looking how hard can we push them and then you take that data <laughs> back to your customers or potential customers and show them the videos and show them the proof and say come and see them if you want like if your calves aren't looking like that then why not yeah. I don't quite like that um, rather than being like super salesy it's all trying to make a difference in performance related so no I certainly liked that when I heard you speaking about it recently that when did you say you started sorry um October 2019 so that's three and a half years I've been yeah. with Jeff Yep, and when I started, I kind of just got given a car and a phone and told, right, your territory is the UK, go wherever you want, like, find, find business, do business, whatever. And so mostly, I'd say Ayrshire, Tim Fries and Fife. Strangely enough, not I don't cover as much in Lanarkshire, um, right. but Jeff sort of had that <clears throat> established um, with the ones that he's dealing with. So I go to Ayrshire, um, and every some five sort of weekly, um, but yeah. Is is it just the two of you doing that side? Just the two of us that go out on the road. Um, yeah. We have two other girls that are sort of more home based or office based. Erin, um, who we started as an apprentice um, or doing a college sort of course to do social media and marketing, and she also phones all her existing customers. So. Um, just to make sure orders aren't missed or people yeah. don't forget. And I tell all my customers, if Erin phones you, check your bin. Like that's <laughs> what, like, because she she knows before you know that you're running out of feed. Um, it's like all automatic. I said, don't you don't need to answer. Just go and check the bin. Phone her back or text her. Like that's your reminder when she phones. <clears throat> something. So she's very very useful. Jeff and I do rely on her a lot to just keep us up to date and. Um, yeah, just make sure all the existing customers are all quite sweet. And then we have Sarah, who was brought in to do sort of new business. She's been phoning a lot of people um, down the southwest, Castle Douglas, Stranraer, and Cumbria, which are two areas that I haven't really reached to, purely because actually covering the mileage, I think, to get there and then maybe not seeing as many people as you would like to. Um, the areas that I've found have worked are the areas that I just... I'm always working in and I'm I'm sort of busy enough with those areas. Um, so she's doing new business from home and then um, she's been out with both Jeff and I if she 
needs support like on farm like needs to go and see people which I think is still important and um, there's a lot done on the phone in the industry now but I think farmers do still like to see a face um, every now and again maybe not like the monthly traveller call <laughs> I know I know you don't you don't want to become that pesky traveller selling stuff so um, maybe not every month well my, my own customers I would say every month but when it's new business um, you've got to just try and fish out when is the right time and get in at the right time of the month or the right time of the year that they're they're going to be looking at certain products and stuff so um but Sarah's good at that as well like working out right they're not going to buy till July or they're I don't know and giving us up so no the teamwork it's a small team but it, everyone's got their own wee role and it all works really well together so and you, you mentioned you started in October so it was like a, a proper in at the deep end type start how did you deal with that I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2Cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, it still to this day haunts me, like just driving up a farm road and you have no idea who even is in the farm. But that is how I started, to be honest. Like I, I got given a phone, I had some numbers, some of my dad's pals and some folk that I just knew. And then you could Facebook stalk. It's amazing what Facebook and Google can actually find you. Um, I phoned a lot of house numbers sometimes got the farmer's wife sometimes got nobody left voicemails but in the end you just have to drive up the road in and just introduce yourself um and see who's there and then I don't know it was pretty it, and it still is tough I mean that is probably my least favorite part of the job is driving into a place you don't know who you're going to see if you're having a good day if they're having a bad day um you've just a hope, hope for the best uh, it's but yeah daunting, though. it is daunting it is, yeah. It's I try to do as much research as I can, like to find out bits about them. But um, there's a lot of times that you just think, oh gosh, I can't drive past this farm again and no go in. Like I need to just find out who it is. I'm not getting anywhere with the, the social media stalking them. So just get up the road and see what they have. And, you know, they might have, might have five cows, they might have 500 cows. So, you know, you've just got to get stuck in. So that first winter was really, really tough. And then, of course, March came and I was told I couldn't go on the road because of bloody COVID. <clears throat> um, so then I was resorted straight to the phones. And that actually wasn't too bad. It did force you just to phone, phone, phone and write up who was due visits. Sort of June time, I got back out doing like odd days a week and throughout the summer. But you had more of a rapport and actually people knew you better because they probably spoke to you two or three times by that time, as opposed to you just turning up and... Right. didn't know you uh, nowadays I try as much as I can to book appointments um, or at least let people know look I'm going to be in your area Tuesday are you going to be busy I'll maybe nip in um, because it saves me wasting their time and wasting my own time um, if people are sort of half expecting you or they're going to be there or thereabouts so so what's a what's a week in, in your life like uh, Monday morning starts at the office. I always go on a Monday to catch up with everybody. Most of the team is in on a Monday morning. So, um, yeah, and I sort of make some phone calls, do some diets and try to make a rough plan for the week um, by phoning some people to see if whatever day would suit them, if I'm meaning to go and see somebody um, and roughly sort of plan it out. And then... I set off sort of 10, 11 o'clock. Um, I normally go into the office twice a week, um, two mornings a week, 
sort of just to just to be there and show face yeah. and and then basically yeah just get out on farm depends what kind of calls I'm doing whether I'm looking at cows looking at cow condition looking at dung counting cuds analyzing silage running diets off or whether you know if it's a potential customer's day you, you sometimes just stand in the yard have a good blather go over what you've got maybe have a look over calves um I do I'm quite passionate about calves and even calf condition and shine on them and just trying to push them. So just a general blather with a lot of people and I try to just get round as many farms as I can and in between phone the next one or phone somebody else that kind of pops into your head, not spoke to them in a while. And yeah. You know, I, I will I'll take my hat off to you in that I did sales for I mean your your job's probably more nutrition, but it's definitely a massive part of sales to it. Yeah. I did sales for three months and I was good at it, but I hated it. Absolutely hated it. I just sort of, yeah, I was really bad at it. Well, I was good at it, but I didn't like it at all. There are so many hard days. Um, there is absolutely no doubt about it. And actually, I hope nobody, well, some farmers will listen to this and think, yeah, I've done that. And it's pretty rough. Like, I've had people hide from you when you go into a farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh my God, am I that person? Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be yeah. this person, but I do want to do nutrition and I'm only going to sell to somebody if I think I can make a difference. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest things I've learned from Jeff is to be really honest with people. And I I hope I've never offended MD, but like, if I think your cows could look better, I'll be honest and I'll say, look, yeah. I could make a difference. I'm not like, I'm not going to try and go down the pushy sales route but I want to put it out there, what I can do. And the fact I've got photos, videos of my own cows, I've got CIS data of what Jeff's cows are doing, of what calves are doing. We've got the proof to back it up, but I do hope that nobody thinks of me as being a really pushy salesperson, like buy this, this is my price, this is my price, this is my price. I try not to even like mention money, price. It's like, what are they doing? What are, they, what are we achieving here? What performance targets are we getting to? And that's where I want to take you. Um, but yeah, sales can be a, a tough, tough gig when people you know, rock up on farm and you can see the person. You're like, nah, he's not in the mood today because he's hiding. I'm just <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Feeling like a Jehovah's Witness, everyone goes to the toilet suddenly. Um, yeah, I had one time um, that I phoned a farm. I'd actually drove into his yard. I'd been on the phone to somebody else. Drove in, so I hadn't had time to phone him and tell him, I'm literally going to be passing. Do you mind? Anyway, I phoned him when I was on the yard and I said, Hi, so and so. Um, I was just passing. I've I've just dropped in. Are you around? And he was like, No, no, I'm not here. Actually, I'm at the other farm. I'm moving some young stock, and I can see him. <laughs> and I just think that's so terrible. But I totally get it. There's a lot of reps out there. Yeah. My dad's the same. Sometimes just cannot be bothered. Like you're busy. Um, so I try to phone as much as possible, and I do say that to everybody. If I'm phoning you, if you're busy, just tell me. Look, really busy today, and I'll phone you back. And then What's I know. It? going to come in and waste your time i'd prefer if i had phone numbers for people i wouldn't just do the i don't like the cold calls i hate them <laughs> so make it easier for both parties and we'll not waste each other's time or hurt each other's feelings or anything like that so no absolutely <laughs> and it, do you know what I, I thought that the time i'd heard you know where i head for a while i went to college with a uh, with jeff's daughter she was the year below me but um the the thing i saw when uh, we did that industry day last week because it wasn't pushy about price it was just this is what we're doing this is what the blends are this is how it works which I thought was really cool did you enjoy that by the way I did I really did liked you? it yeah I hope I, I felt 
it was kind of strange doing the same talk three times. But I, know. I, I yeah. hope the, I hope the the students all found it interesting. But obviously, you you told us this isn't a sales pitch, so I was basically just saying this is what we do. This is why we're different. Um, and when I brought out the tickets and showing the comparisons of unnamed competitors compared to what we are doing. It, there is a price difference, obviously, but it's all quality related. And no, I really enjoyed that day, actually. It was it was good. It was also a really good learning day, I think, for Erin, because Erin's actually been with us about six months now. Yes. And her getting to hear it and her getting to speak about the products to to prospective customers, I guess, but at the same time, not making it really salesy and not feeling like she was under a lot of pressure. She got to speak about the products. Um, no, Erin was top as well. Like, she absolutely yeah. was. It was really nice to see from my perspective as well. I yeah. Um, yeah, she said so, that you lectured her for a bit, so now she's yeah. teaching you. <laughs> I know that's it. Good, oh, Erin. Uh, <laughs> no, it was well. I did nothing but positive feedback from students and staff, so that yeah, probably answers yeah. your question. Uh, yeah, very good. It was very good. It was really it's all. Do you know all of the the stands were? We had, I think, eight across the course of the day, and uh, yeah, it was really good. I always love those days. I just like meeting people. I mean, I probably use this job to too much of a benefit in that regard. I'm like, well, we'll go on a trip here and meet that person. And then we'll <laughs> you, to, you've got to, yeah. yeah. You're uh, any trip-based module, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that one uh, sounds fun. Um, you get to pick where the, the trips go, I guess. Are you in charge of the course like that? So all of the trips that Mark's been on this year I've organised, which I think is nine. Uh, wow. I've done three or four for the HNDs, but the, the modules, the, the course, like Mark's doing, is different to what I did. It's different to what last year did. It's a new thing. Um, so it's there's two modules that are very trip-based. Um, I've been to, like, goats. We're going to sheep dairy on Wednesday. Like, it's I've just the absolute element. It's great. Uh, yeah. All, so, everything yeah. Different. Well, some feedback from Mark is going to be uh, more food-related, um, getting to help yourself sort of as <laughs> I thought that was quite clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even yeah. when he's went up to the Buffalo Farm and he came back and he'd been in the, the farm shop and had like, I don't know, a mountain of food home with him. Anything like that is right up his street. <laughs> well, I, I'd arrange burgers that night, uh, burgers at the uh, for lunch there. And uh, then I went into the farm shop. I was like, oh, this buffalo ice cream is amazing. So I don't know if you know, but buffalo butterfat content is 8.5%. Wow! Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like you're just eating fat with sugar. It's lovely. Um, and uh, I was, I've got to get some of this ice cream. So I bought a liter, completely forgetting that I was taking the bus from the Buffalo Farm to Dumfries, not getting to my car. Hey, sorry, getting to my car because I wasn't going home, and I was going down to, um, down to Carlisle to announce the North of England and Scotland NMR Dairy Awards. So I was like. Well, this isn't getting eaten. <laughs> oh gosh, it's gonna be so melty. Yeah, it was grim. Oh. The ice cream is amazing, Steve. If you're listening, the ice cream wasn't the issue. <laughs> My ability to store it was. Uh, but yeah, that was. There's quite a lot of food places. I mean, this week's going to be sheep cheese, so there's going to be that if he wants to get involved wow. in the shop. So yeah, but um, not here, Annie. It's been really fun. It's always it's always quite fun to meet someone my age and have a chat and kind of similar start to life going to uni and seeing what happened some kind of agricultural related side and see what goes you know yeah um but there's there's two questions that every podcast ends with uh 
One is where do you see yourself in five years? Now, if you're the same age as me, that means we'll be in our 30s, which is sickening. Uh, and two, if you had any tips for folk getting into nutrition, what would they be? <coughs> well, you put a lot of thought into this. Proper <laughs> I asked you yesterday if there was anything specific that you were going to ask me so that I could think about things like this. <laughs> and you said no. Um, where would I like to be in five years? Um, yeah, I want to I, I want to stay with Roadhead, but I do want to get myself into a position where I'm not having to do cold calls. I want to be in that position where I am fully, um, my time is fully filled doing nutrition and doing support for farmers, um, maybe more in a consultant sort of vibe, but still within the company. Um, but but basically just working with my own customers, which are mostly dairies, although I'm interested in beef diets. I do the odd one um, at certain times of the year for them. So I would like to still be with Roadhead um, and just in a, in a role that I don't have to piss farmers off, basically. <laughs> so so that would be really nice. Um, I'll keep it fairly simple on that. That's where, And hopefully not in Stonehouse. Um, maybe maybe upgrade to Straven or somewhere more. <laughs> You've bought it. It's not easy to just change that. I know, I know you're right. Um, no, but I'll keep it. I've already had to sell and buy again. Sorry? <laughs> I've already had to buy and sell again. Buy, yeah. sell and buy again. Oh. <laughs> no, I do really like my house, actually. It's um, it's very modest, but I do. I'm, I'm proud of it anyway. So, And what, would I, what advice would I give to anyone? Um, go and work on a farm first. Like, go and do it for yourself. There's nothing worse than a salesperson. Or, or a nutritionist that's out there saying, oh, I've read every textbook and I know how to feed calves and know how to feed cows. And actually, they've never worked on a farm. They've never seen it in practice because the cows tell you or the calves tell you, like, I can analyse your silage. I can give you advice. I can run it through my computer. And then the cows do something totally different. And you need to respond to that. Like You need to react to what the cows tell you. You can't just stick it in the computer every time. You need to be proactive with answers and it's always good when you can say, oh, look, I've actually seen this before um, or I've experienced this. So I would say if you're interested in feeding, go and get a job on a farm and actually start looking at the the, the details, the more technical side of it, um, whether it's calf reading or cows or whatever you're interested in. And don't just dive into the first sales job because you will hate it. You'll get scunnered. Yeah, you will. And you'll probably embarrass yourself. Um, yeah totally oh that, that I've done that too actually <laughs> but, um yeah you totally can um I that would be my advice don't dive in to just sell um because those guys just don't last yeah good tips good tips indeed no here it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having me not at all not at all and you said that you didn't think you could talk for that long oh god <laughs> how long has it been <laughs> it's been an hour and five minutes okay flies by doesn't it it, really it does actually yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's quite funny because i do watch the time because i try and sort of guide it to a certain time and it's always the first five minutes i'm like how long is going to take and, always, and then suddenly i'm like oh it's 45 minutes <laughs> i need to cut this now i know well um nothing yeah. gets cut we'll do that <laughs> i wonder i wonder if we'll have any listeners left by this stage in the podcast i'm quite certain you will i'm quite certain you will and if you are still one of those listeners that was our uh, cast number 105 uh, last week we had well actually i'm saying last week now there's two coming out every week so i can't even say that at this point the last episode would have been Johan humphreys the one before that would have been jack iredale professional footballer uh, for bolton wanderers who in the next week we'll find out if they've moved into championship 
so I'm sure you'll all be wondering how, how much Jack earns. Um, next week we have, not next week, the next episode, God, eight a month, this is too much. Uh, the next episode will be of Benji Eagle. If you think I've got a lot of food and farming podcasts, I think he's just released his 195th. So uh, he is much further ahead of me. I am, however, a wee bit more prolific. So I'm coming for you, Benji. Uh, but we'll we'll have a good chat and I'll hopefully learn a lot about podcasting from who is definitely the father of ag podcasting in this country. So thank you very much for listening, Annie. Thank you for coming on. I hope it's been enjoyable for yourself. I've loved it. Thank you very much for having me. Good. No, thank you for coming on. And we shall see you all, not next week, for the next episode. If this comes out on a Monday, it'll be Friday. If this comes out on a Friday, it'll be a Monday. See you for number uh, 106. I hope you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2Cast. I just want to take this moment to quickly thank our primary sponsors once more, A-Plan Rural. If you follow A-Plan on social media, you'll see the work they're doing to really promote British farming and back our industry. It's been a pleasure working alongside A-Plan Rural so far, and long may it continue. The values of A-Plan Rural runs perfectly in line with the whole mantra of Rural to Kitchen, and I'm glad to have them on board. Check them out on Instagram at A-Plan Rural, and on Facebook at A Plan Rural Insurance. See you for the next podcast.